When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So, John Kerwin, you're here. We're here to talk about your yeah. book, and I'm so excited. Man, you reached out, and uh, we had a couple of e- email correspondence back and forth, and I was just encouraged that there are people like you out in the world, you know, us uh, truthers, us people that are kind of uh, trugging along out here in the world. We're trying to get to the point where where people will listen to us. But sometimes I think we go about it the wrong way. You know, sometimes we get a little coming in hot. Sometimes we need a little bit of training. You know, there's a lot of that. So you wrote a book and uh, I found our conversation really intriguing, but I'd love to learn a lot more about your book. So let's get into it. Excellent. Yeah. And thanks for having me in, you know, your title of your podcast uses the word fringe or fringy. Mm -hmm. And that's where society has pushed us out into the supposed fringe. Yes. So I actually looked up the term. I found I can learn a lot, get a lot of insight by just going to the dictionary. So the fringe is the border or outer edges of an area or group. Um, but most, more accurately, it's, it's not part of the mainstream. It's unconventional, mm-hmm. peripheral, or extreme. Now, that's really the characterization. Because conspiracy theory or theorist is is an attack vector. It's a yes. it's a character assassination term. And now what you're seeing is the the data sphere is escalating the uh, meaning of that to where we're now the term conspiracy theorist is tied to disinformation, white supremacists, terrorists, and we're criminals and right. gearing up you know, f- to, to lock us up. So it's, it's, uh, it's a serious thing when you mm-hmm. bite down on the truth, but that's what we do. Yeah. And you get to a point where you're trying to, you know, you're trying to put out the truth, but you're also trying to not, you know, you're help- trying to help people understand how, let's see, how do I put this? That we're not dangerous to you. Like we're not trying to hurt you. We're just right. trying to tell you things that are hard to hear. And yeah. I think some people think that we're trying to hurt them. And it's like, no, man, I don't, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to maybe just listen to uh, a few things that I have to say that, that might change your whole entire way that you see the world. It would take a few seconds, <laughs> you know. Right. And and I think sometimes it's just hard to get those first conversations out. You know what I mean? Well, that's our journey. I mean, anybody that is on the truther path, and they've found that a lot of people don't know the things that you found out. But that's not the part that's difficult. It's they don't want to know. Mm-hmm. So that's really the. I think the main characteristic of an unconvinced person, I call them, or we call them normies, which 
sort of a derogatory term, but it actually isn't because they named themselves. Like yeah. my daughter, my boy, my daughter told me one time, dad, I just wish you were normal. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Normal means that you, you comply with the rules. That's what sure. normal means in the dictionary. So, you know, yeah. we've stopped, stopped complying basically. And fitting into those societal norms, right? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that keep us all in check, that keep us all bouncing off of the right edges, you know, like as if we're bowling with children, you know, we want to make sure that we stay within the bumpers, everybody. And yeah. that's, and that analogy seems so simple, but that's what they're doing to us is they're trying to keep us within the bumpers at all times exactly. so that we don't hurt ourselves. <laughs> You know you what like I'm saying? Like bowling when you go bowling yeah. and they have the the guardrails. Yeah, I yes. that. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're trying to do. To us. They're trying to keep us in line, and wow. so I think that speaking up is the only way to go. It really is because that you have nothing to lose except for your life. And what is that? We're supposed to give that away anyway. Well, you know that's valiant, and and it's what I aspire to, but it's costly. And it cost yes. me dearly. Like I'm, my wife asked me for a divorce after 24 years of marriage hmm. and four children. And now I found out subsequently that that's almost a universal experience. Now, to some degree, it depends if you're married. You know, there's three kinds of spouses for a truther. The first is a total full-blown normie. They don't know. They don't want to know. And they run a death to truther algorithm. Okay. And it's no... Mm -hmm joke the second one though is a normie but they have grace and so they basically let you have your obsession and they don't have a bandwidth to talk to you about it but they're not going to cut you off and send you packing like i was uh but and then the third type which is fairly rare is if you're fortunate enough to actually have a truth or spouse and then you're mm. okay but I'm, i've talked to 200 people directly in the last seven yeah. years, who were divorced by their spouses because they found out the moon landing was fake, you know, nine eleven was fake. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sh a lot of things just take one thing to separate people. Yeah, and it really it starts to fester, right? It drives this yeah. small wedge, and then that small wedge turns into a bigger wedge because mm -hmm. when you find out that there's so much to this and how it's mm -hmm. all interconnected, then right. it, it really starts to spiral out of control because, you know, you get a spouse to be like, oh, you don't believe in the moon landing. That's, that's interesting, you know, but then you start talking about Antarctica and flat earth and all these other things. And now <laughs> people's heads are exploding, right? Yes. It's like, and you know, I read, I read <laughs> in your email when you told me that you, you had, you know, had to walk away from that marriage and how hard that would have been. But you do find yourselves in two different, you know, parts of the world, unfortunately. And that's, yes. it's so difficult. And we have to be careful on how we, how we are presenting ourselves to the world, in my opinion. You know, we, we come across as wacko conspiracy theorists because we're kind of allowing that stigma to be placed on us. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's, it's a tough road. It's a lonely road. You're misunderstood. You're disrespected. You're rejected and you're put into timeout. You're asked to be quiet. Uh, so you have to pretend like you believe like they do for the rest mm -hmm. of your life by being silent. Now, 
I just want to clarify. I was asked to leave. I didn't leave. I don't. Okay. I don't. Uh, you know, ascribe to you know busting up your family if your spouse doesn't want to know about the moon landing. But you know, <laughs> my next door neighbor when I was still married was was a full blown conspiracy theorist kook nut job. Mm-hmm. And we used to have little convos over the fence, and she was so funny because she'd be like, "Do you know about Project Bluebeam?" I was like, of course. I'm like, of course. And she's like, really? (laughs) Well, she didn't talk to anybody, not her husband, not her kids. She was a secret agent. And you know what? I got no issue with that. Because she, her husband was well off and she had a good life and she didn't want to rock the boat. Okay, me, okay, I come from the biblical worldview. I was in ministry. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a sales trainer right so i'm like mach five with my hair on fire okay that's how god made me right and i want to make a difference i want to do make leave my mark on this world so i'm going to go over here and make videos well that that wasn't enough i was basically asked to recant all of this and Mm -hmm. and just become what i call happy dad where i just pretend i'm like them and i'm like I used to tell my wife, I was, honey, I got off the bus. I can't do life like we've been doing it because uh, yeah. you know, I can't act like a trained SEAL and clap for NASA or when you're at the football game and they, they bring in the latest military recruits and everybody gets all teary-eyed because mm-hmm. now all, I know all wars are banker wars and I'm just flipped out mm-hmm. by the power structure. Oh, man, it's just it's a roller coaster. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And when you've seen it for so long, you begin to get this amount of like, is there anybody else? You know, like, is there anybody else out there? And I think for a long time, that's how a lot of people felt just so alone and all by themselves. But I think we're getting to a precipice where I feel like there's becoming, there's starting to become a movement of a lot more people popping up. I mean, myself included, people getting more brave and more, you know, ready to stand up and really speak the truth of the Bible, really speak the truth of of what is really going on in our world. And those things is what is going to lead us all to truth, in my opinion, because we're now I think we're not going to stop. Everybody's hungry now. You think? I mean, it's like raining red pills, man. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine how normies are are coping with their worldview, mm. uh, just being decimated every day. Like Donald Trump is going, vote for me, and I'll eliminate the deep state. Well, you know, the whole the whole data sphere is over here telling you, you know, conspiracy theorists will try to convince you that there's a secret cabal running the world, <laughs> yeah. and they do that because they're insecure. And they gravitate towards these things because it makes them feel significant. And that's, you know, that's my wife. And then I, so I told her that. And I said, look, here's Donald Trump. He says, if you vote for him, he'll eliminate the deep state. So which one do you believe? Hmm. And she was like, I'm for Trump. I said, okay, well, that's not my answer to my question. Do you believe Trump is correct that there's a deep state? Well, that's blah, 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 blah. So that's what delusion is. When you start trying to get a straight answer out of a normie Mm. and they refuse, just look up the definition of delusion. It means you believe what's wrong and you're resistant to facts. Yeah. They won't answer your questions because they don't want to know what you know. Yeah, because it's... 
Because then they have to feel something, right? We all have to get yeah. to that place now where we have to feel those emotions. You know, yes. you're, you're asking people to understand in their mind something that's so incomprehensible that somebody <laughs> would lie to them at right. such a level right? That, and, that, and that we would be so completely lied to that we have no, no way forward except for to just play along, as you said. Yeah. And we're not willing to do that. And so now we have to flip the table. Now we have to change the game because we can't deal with it anymore. We're just not going to do it. We're looking at the chessboard like we're not playing anymore. <laughs> we just yes. knocked down all of the, the pieces, you know. And that's what happens where, you know, you're an army, you know, you're just doing life. I was just doing life. It was 2017. And I found out the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. That was my entry point into the mm -hmm. rabbit hole because then what you do you know i remember looking back it's sort of embarrassing because it's so obvious you know but i remember <laughs> thinking this building is like a white building and looks like a government building and they did that on purpose and then and i'm thinking all of these senators and congressmen have to know that it's not part of the government it's a corporation in puerto rico they're all lying <laughs> it was like Yep. So then you go like this. This is what happens, and, and your listeners will totally relate to this. When you have that first kind of tap on the shoulder, that first thing where it's like the glitch in the matrix and you see it, what you typically do is you go like this. Well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? Hmm. And that is the center that's the is quintessential characteristic of a truther is that you have begun to question officialdom yes because somehow you know like the matrix is a construct a natural construct but it's also metaphysical right and they have been masters at, at casting a spell a bewitchment over humanity what and one of the aspects of it is is they get us to shut our brains off yeah it's so weird how they can do that but they've done it yeah it's wild and and you get you get to the place where you don't really understand how you can hear this information and there not be the same response that you gave but i remember back to myself when i was when i was young young i remember and this just came back to me when you said it earlier about what is normal I remember being young and walking down the sidewalk and having somebody say something about normal. And I remember thinking to myself, what is normal? And I was so young that it didn't really resonate with me back then. But th these are questions that we really need to be asking ourselves. These childish questions, you know, that children ask, because for so long, we haven't even been allowed to ask questions. You mm -hmm. just... It's because I said so, you know, we, yes. a, some of us grew up in the, it's because I said so generation, you know, and you learn to just fall in line and do what you're told. And for those of us that are asking questions, we're getting a lot of answers and putting a lot of pieces together because we're willing to ask the questions. Yeah, but it does create a lot of pushback, like your loved ones, your friends, the ones that aren't asking questions, they they look at you at first like, you know, you've you've latched on to some crazy thing and you'll get over it. But mm -hmm. once you kind of persist, 
they start to view you with real concern. Like, you know, they'll tell you you, you maybe have a mental issue or a demon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they look at you like you've fallen in with a bad crowd. You've gone rogue. Yeah. And you're, you're really starting to worry them. And that's when they ratchet up their, you know, they start managing you. Like they'll say, yeah. hey, you know, when we go to my in-laws, you know, you can only talk about your conspiracy theories for three minutes or stuff like that. <laughs> And then, you know, you're like offended by that. That's really insulting. But, you know, you're trying to coexist. You're trying to use wisdom. You're not Mm -hmm. shoving things down people's throats. Uh, You don't want to sacrifice your relationship on the altar of truth. However, what's happened to you is overwhelming change in your entire worldview. And they have no clue. They have as much compassion for you as if they found out you were a pedophile. They cannot and will not and don't want to try to relate because they don't look. Normies are like the British guards who keep looking forward, right? You remember those guys? And you (laughs) go up to them and you're like, hey, woo! You try to get them to blink. They won't look, right? That's what normies are like. Yeah. Now, but you, let me just finish this thought. You have become. A sense of urgency has been injected into your veins where you've gone from like living on a party boat to living on a a battleship. So you're on a war footing because a Mm -hmm. lot of the things that you're finding out are not good news. Like you're realizing that the world is run by Luciferian blood drinking psycho mobsters that got a Mm -hmm. plan to Georgia Guidestones. They want to bring the population down to 500 million. I think there's about 8 billion right now. Yeah. And, and, and now they've operationalized that and you're like pressing the panic button. And, but your family, okay, they're basically love the world and they want fun, fun seasons in the sun. I mean, the last two years I was with my family, I didn't say anything negative or controversial. I was what I call happy dad. I would go to the dinner table and I would just sit there and eat. Mm-hmm. And I talk about hair, nails, I got three daughters, you know, play dates, uh, movies, vacations, bowling, yeah. um, boys, whatever. And then, and then, and, I, and so if you're, if that's you, that makes you feel like you're a compromiser, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and it's very difficult to manage all these emotions. Yeah, really difficult. And and you line these things out in your book because you experienced it, right? You yeah. you're not just you're not just some guy that's making it up. You mm. you actually talk to people and you walk through this yourself. So what are some of the things that you found that are difficult for for truthers? You're you're bringing up some of the things like getting along with family, stuff like that. What are some of the other things that you found that that they really have a hard time with? With the with the unconvinced have a hard time with the truth or community like what what is it that that the struggle is with the truth or community other than just being completely compromised? Mm. Well, I mean, what makes us truthers is that we care. You know, we have integrity. First of all, uh, that's your problem. That's why you're a truther because you have integrity. Because. <laughs> First of all, what happens is you have a conscience that tells you right and wrong. So let's take the moon landing as an example. 
you know, you start looking into it with an open mind and you s immediately see that how ridiculous the, like the lunar lander looks like it's made of cardboard and curtain rods. And you're like, this, <laughs> this can't possibly be space worthy. Yeah. And then, you know, you just see things like that are so ridiculous. Like the picture of the Earthrise picture, the, the moon is this big. And then you look back, no, the Earth is this big. And you look at the moon from the Earth and it's the same size. So these are impossibilities. It's not hard to know. They're faking. Yeah. Right? So, so what happens the second you see that, your conscience tells you this is wrong. They are lying. Now, your conscience only takes you that far, though. <clears throat> the next thing that happens in the awakening process or not is integrity. So integrity now presents itself and says, okay, NASA's lying. Wow, that's pretty big. That means that the whole power structure, the media, they're all in cahoots lying to all of humanity. Mm. All right, the, the normie does an algorithm and they say i'm i'm smart i'd have to be stupid for them to be lying to me or or and they they know that the persecution that's going to come and they don't want to join your little posse so they're like <laughs> so what they do is they attack you then that's yeah, why yeah. they attack you personally but you truther you have integrity congratulations you win a new car Okay, and so they go, you go, I don't care where the truth takes me. I love the truth. Mm -hmm. And then you go down this rabbit hole uh, where you join another tribe, basically, of persecuted people that are pushed out. We're on the fringe, right? Yes. Yep. That's where we're pushed to. Well, guess what? Jesus is over here on the fringe with us. So <laughs> yes. you're in the right place. This is where he said that we would be, right? We would be persecuted. The persecuted church, those that believe in Jesus are the ones that are going to get the most trashed because we see the truth. He's allowed us through his Holy Spirit to see yes. the truth. And when we allow him to allow us to see, then we can do that. But when we have the off switch, on yeah. our end, you know, we've got our valve, inlet valve off for all you guys <laughs> out there, mechanical guys. We have our inlet valve off. We're not going to be able to get any of that Holy Spirit going through. So we have to open that up. And that's on our end because his end is on full blast. He's just waiting for you to open the other side. And that's what we have to do. We have to let the Holy Spirit flow and teach us. Because he says, when I leave, I'm going to give you a teacher. And yep. that teacher is the one that is supposed to be helping you with discernment of everything. News yes. articles, 9-11. You know, we, we're going through our, our false flag events uh, right now. And we just did our series on 9-11. And now we're going into the Vegas shooting. And these are things that people maybe are hearing for the first time. And it's like jacking their brain. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But there were no planes. There no. were no planes. No planes. And, and we have to come to grips with that fact. We have to look at the truth and say, Holy Spirit, let allow me to see what is truth. But give me all of the information and the Holy Spirit will send it to you, whether that be through a text over the Internet. It'll just pop up in your news feed. I'm telling you, you think the Holy Spirit can't work through the Internet. Try mm -hmm. him. Try him. 
ask him for things. It's a great word. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a biblical worldview and a ministry background, so I'm ministering to Christians mostly on Wake Up or Else mm -hmm. uh, in the journey, and I focus primarily on the Mandela effect and the supernatural Bible changes because that's, that's creating quite a stir. Um, and one of the things that I see in the church is a, the church leaders have gotten a failing grade in response to conspiracy theories. They are mm. like among the most normie people that I've ever met. They're very recalcitrant, very close-minded, and cynical, very mm. snarky. Uh, they use terms like ridiculous, uh, you know, crazy. Well, that's inflammatory. It's mm -hmm. a violation of Matthew 5, okay? Matthew 5 says, don't call your brother a fool or you're in danger of hellfire. Mm -hmm. And it's the same sentiment to invoke the term conspiracy theorists. But one of the things you hear a lot, when you start to pepper people with your very compelling uh, empirical evidences, uh, where they begin to feel the pinch. And so they'll take mm -hmm. a fallback position where they tacitly agree with you, but they're really not agreeing with you. And you'll relate to this. They'll say, what difference does it make? I still have to go to work, don't I? <laughs> yes. All right. Now, what does that really mean? Let's yeah. take flat earth. Flat earth is a very polarized topic. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's as easy to see as the moon landing. It's just that it's bigger, and it's harder for people to accept it because it, it would mean there would have to be a lot of logistics. But it's mm -hmm. true. They've done it. Um, if you say what difference does it make, you, you're really not saying it's true. Because if you find out you live on a flat stationary plane, it will change your life. Yeah. Your entire worldview, your pick, your image of God, everything changes. So you can't really say what difference does it make if you believe it. If you say that, it means you don't believe it. And what it's like, it's like, saying does it it doesn't really matter if the worm that the fish wants is on a hook it does matter yeah okay <laughs> it because it matters very much yeah because you are it, you are the captain of your own ship and if you allow deception because it's easier you a filter comes down and it darkens your ability to discern the next thing and the next thing, like the medical emergency thing, we saw the mm -hmm. church really fumble that football. I mean, yes. they just went right in line with the lockdowns and the masks, and then they lined up all their church members and gave them the monkey juice, right? Mm -hmm. And now they're burying them. And I'm, I'm very um, upset with my brothers and sisters for being so gullible, but, but that represents massive vindication for those of us in the truther community. Because that's what we've been saying. These people want us dead. And they're like, that's ridiculous. You're uh, living in fear. No, you're living in total uh, uh, willful ignorance. It's yeah. obvious that these people are not good. Yeah, it's obvious. And it's, it's so blatantly in your face once you have people pointed out to you <laughs> yeah. that you're just like, oh, my gosh, this whole time. And you feel so stupid after the fact. You know, it's like when you've been tricked in a movie where like uh, the sixth sense or whatever uh, spoiler alert the dude's dead right. the whole time but 
the the thing is is we got so tricked by that movie because they were leading us down that path the whole time the mm -hmm. way that they filmed it the way that they did it they already knew the end of the script so they yep. were tricking you backwards to make right. sure it all stuck right <laughs> and it, and we're thinking about the lie from the being lied to point of view we're not thinking about it from the liar's point of view the liar's point of view, if they're going to make such a big swing, they're not going to let it miss. They're going to they're going to pull in the lie of all lies and they're going to work it backwards from a very long time. These I say it all the time. These guys are playing the long game. They're not they're not going anywhere. This, right. The reason that they're trying to nuke the firmament is because they can't get through it. Yeah. The reason that we have all of these issues is because they can't go anywhere and they're just throwing temper tantrums until ha! the end. It's really what's happening. I believe they're, that's true. They're yeah. just they're throwing temper tantrums until it's all over. And what we need to focus on is the name of Jesus. That's it. Yeah. He says you focus on my name and I will I will you know, I will present you to the Father. That's what you have to do. Stay focused, just like Peter getting out of the boat. You stay focused on me and have a long faith. Not a short little five-second faith, a long faith. Yes, it's right. It's right. And, you know, the the idea that there's there's two ways of looking at the deception of Satan and his followers. For instance, mm -hmm. the Bible says, the devil has come down having great wrath, knowing his time is short. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that the devil knows that he can't win. Yes. However, however, there, there is very clear indication from Scripture that the devil's crazy. And then he <laughs> maybe has lied to himself to the point where he does believe he can win the Battle of Armageddon or... Sure. He can affect time itself, like with the Mandela effect, mm -hmm. and and somehow undo the plan of God. The the followers of Satan certainly believe that. Now, second uh, Psalms two, the kings of the earth have waged war against the Lord, and and they yes. leader literally plan to defeat Jesus with technology. Mm -hmm. It's mind boggling, but um, that's that's where they're going, and so <laughs> we'll it's see how quite it plays a show. Out. <laughs> quite a show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's get into the Mandela effect. You have this part in your book that is super controversial, and mm -hmm. I love stuff like that. This okay. is the stuff that I like to push to the forefront of people's minds: is the controversial stuff. Let's talk about it. What are your thoughts on the Mandela effect, and how are you laying it out in your book in a way that people hopefully can understand it? Because I know sometimes it's hard. Yes, and honestly, that's my next book. This book was more for a wider, uh, wider audience. It's just it's for the for the person who has has acknowledged the obvious in any number of categories, and then it deals with you know the emotional, intellectual, and spiritual challenges that finding out that you live in a matrix, you live in the Truman Show, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a very difficult journey because 90% mm -hmm. of the people around you aren't going on the journey with you. And, you know, instead of living in a beautiful home with my three daughters, my son's out, he's 18, 19, he's on, 21, I mean, he's on his own now. My three daughters with two dogs, you know, I'm out, I'm in an apartment by myself. I cry every day. 
Mm. Okay. And so that's a choice, though, that people make whether they're going to compromise their beliefs for their human need or they're going to carry the truth wherever it takes them. Mm. Now, this topic is very hard to get your head around because it's extremely uh, like in the miracle. It's like the flat earth is just a deception. It is mm. what it is. Um, it, it requires a lot of logistics to pull it off, but you know, it basically is what it is. Whereas the Mandela effect is a end time sign and wonder. It makes you wonder. And, <laughs> but that's not proof that it's not happening. The fact that it's, seems impossible um, is not proof that it isn't happening. Sure. Okay? Because the Bible very clearly predicted this, and uh, Enoch really described it. He, Enoch chapter 80, verse 2 says, uh, In that last day, all things on the earth will alter and will be out of their time. Mm. And then he goes on to say that the fruits of the earth will be backwards. So if you look at bananas, they now grow up on a bunch of bananas are pointing up so enoch called that and then he also said in the same verse that the moon will be out of its order and mm. now you have the crescent on the bottom many mm. times it's always been on the west and the east when it's a crescent moon now you'll sometimes see it in the bottom and on the south end of the moon which nasa you know doesn't have an explanation for it so enoch <laughs> totally nailed it Okay. Yeah. Then w for most of us, we started to discover these things in pop culture. And so examples are mirror, mirror on the wall never existed. It was always magic mirror. And, you know, the mind at first just wants to go to the idea that we're just misremembering. Mm. But that's a very unresearched, irrational position to take. Once you realize that this is thousands of things, mm -hmm. it's hundreds of things in multiple categories. It's spelling of words. It's people's names. It's movie lines. It's many, many, many things in history um, that were never there or they're there differently. Yeah. Um, you begin to say, this is impossible. There's no possible way that I could have missed these, all of these things. And then mm. things like your, as vivid as your name are different. So if you woke up tomorrow, let's say your name is Rick, right? Mm -hmm. And you wake up tomorrow and now it's Steve. I'm sorry, but you're going to be like, you know, and what I'm saying is all of your bank statements going back 20 years say Steve mm -hmm. and your driver's license, your birth certificate, all the way back to your yearbook in high school, all says Steve. That'd be so nuts. Now, what if you if you got checked out, you didn't have a brain tumor, there's no mental illness, you're not on drugs, nobody's playing a psyop on you, would you agree that that, that would be a, a supernatural, unexplainable phenomenon, right? I would say so, yeah. You can't say I'm misremembering, right? Yeah. This is your name, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, so that's what we're experiencing. So anybody this is that, all over the all yeah. over the planet? Oh, yeah. It's all of humanity is experiencing it. Um, yeah. You know, you can go through hundreds of examples. You know, uh, we, we saw four things change and then change back again, too. That was probably the most compelling proof. It was Chuck E. Cheese became Chuck E. Cheeses. 
Mm. And we all did videos about it. I actually have residual evidence from that time when it shifted. And I have a screen capture of it as Chuck E. Cheese's in mm. the t in the, on Wikipedia. And the time frame is different than what it is now. I, I have literal proof that I was in a different time stream. Yeah. Now it's switched back six months later. Oh, and, and see, we're not confused because... We are researchers. So what we did is we went in and looked at the original trademarks during that time. Mm -hmm. And going back all the way to the beginning, it was Chuck E. Cheese's. Mm. It's so crazy. Same thing with uh, Tidy Cats became Tidy Cat. That one I actually went into a pet store. So it's not Photoshop tricks. I saw Tidy Cat on the shelves with no S. Mm. And again, we researched it and it had always been that way. So this is a very exotic phenomenon. It's, it's not like things changed last year. What, what we're saying is when we recognize something has changed, it's always been that way in this new time stream, mm. which is really hard to get your head around, okay? It's like an echo, almost like a ripple effect over, like there was a one event that happened or one thing point in time that happened and then everything else had to ripple and change accordingly pretty Almost much like a timeline was switched pretty much like you see in the movies yeah. back to the future hmm. all of that stuff is happening now we don't really know who's causing it how they're doing it uh that's not proof it's not happening hmm. um there's basically different philosophies or theories of what we're experiencing one of them is, you know, there's a different timeline that we've moved to mm. that's parallel to our timeline, or we're shifting to another universe, so parallel universes, uh, or which that one's difficult for people with a biblical worldview because the Bible says it's destined for man to die once and then judgment, so how can there be an infinite number of Johns that are going to stand before God? <laughs> and so we don't know what, what, I'll tell you what we do know. We know what it isn't. We know we're not just confused and befuddled. Yeah. There's too much evidence. It's yeah. growing by the day. And in and, and simple things, like you said, just adding an S or something like that. I, mm -hmm. I know there was one that I noticed personally was nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Yeah. Or, That's what I remember. Or nobody does it like sarah lee there's people that i've found that 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 have heard it both ways yes and i'll I tell you I what just... i remember i remember nobody doesn't like sarah lee that's what i remember yeah and some people think it's the other way around nobody does it like sarah lee it's so obvious that something's happening like spell the word judgment judgment j-u uh, I don't know. I don't. I gotta get a pencil. I'm not good with spelling in my brain. No problem. J u d g e m e n t. Yeah, that's how everybody remembers it, but it's never been spelled that way. Hmm. Now people will try to tell me, "Oh, well, John, I can clear this up for you." That's how they've been spelling it in England, and it came over here. Uh, no, that didn't. That's a backstory that the AI created in the in the in the update and you're just biting down on it we're mm. we know different um now here's the problem okay so the problem is the things that are changing in our reality includes the bible mm. 
Now, this is very difficult. And again, I'm a biblically, I'm orthodox. I'm a Bible believer. I was in full-time ministry for my almost 11 years and, and lay ministry for another two decades. So I've been in the church on the platform for the better part of 30 years as a worship leader. And I was a youth pastor at Dave Wilkerson's church in New York for 11 years. So I am not somebody that is a, sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm not, uh, I don't have a chip on my shoulder, an extra grime with God. I love God. I love his mm -hmm. word. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but your Bible is under attack. Mm. And Daniel, the prophet, Amos, the prophet, Paul, the apostle, and John, the revelator, all agree with me. Okay, mm. so Daniel 7.25, we have a very clear uh, description of this event. It says that, it's speaking of the beast or the Antichrist, that he will seek to change times and, or time and laws. No, it's times and laws. Hmm. The word laws in the book of Ezra, the same word is translated the law of God. So it's a very fair interpretation. If you study the commentaries, the original, the context, don't tell me I'm taking it out of context. Hmm. I have spent the last seven years providing a biblical analysis. I do three-hour talks on this stuff. I go into the original language, the context, the hermeneutics, properly ex exegeting it. You may have a different interpretation, but it isn't because I'm not doing my homework. <laughs> what I found is it's usually the opposite, okay? Daniel 7.25 is interpreted as a future prophecy. It is absolutely fair to say that he's, it, what it's saying is that the Antichrist will seek to change space-time and the Bible, period. It couldn't be any clearer. It's breathtakingly clear. All right, the second one, though, is Amos 8, verse 11. This is a, a judgment that God says that he will send in the last days. It's a last days prophecy. That's for sure. It may have happened previously as well, but that's duality. Okay, so Amos 8 says, I will send a famine, but not of bread. It'll be a famine of the word and men will travel to and fro, will not be able to find it. It mm. goes on. It says they will go to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and they will not find the word. Well, that would be impossible in modernity, because we have flash drives. I mean, the Bible's everywhere. Mm. Well, the Mandela effect is twisting the scriptures, and when I begin to tell you, if we have the temerity to do this, because this is the third rail for, for your subscribers. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Uh, it'll curl your hair when you f find out what's in your Bible, okay? Uh, one last one, though, is uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and then Revelation 13. All right, 2 Thessalonians tells you that, there, that there's going to be, uh, Antichrist is going to have lying signs and wonders, and and uh, what, what, the reason you don't think it's happening, because you think all those lying signs and wonders are going to come when the tribulation happens. No, it doesn't say that. It's the last days is when it says it. And you're mm. in them. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, one last biblical position. So I'm coming from a, uh, a biblically orthodox position here. Mm -hmm. I'm supporting my position with Bible passages that seem to indicate that this was foretold. Hmm. 
All right. And then the last one is Revelation 13, where it says, well, John, the devil doesn't have that much power. Uh, I don't think you've really given this much thought. Okay. I'm not glorifying the devil, but what it says in Revelation 13 is that God Mm. gives the Antichrist both power and permission to wage war against the saints and prevail against them. So I'm sorry, but this is happening. All right. So now, with that in mind, there are a a truckload of passages that are wildly unfamiliar, but also there are passages now that are presenting biblical paradoxes. Uh, The King James Version does appear to be singled out for changes. So in many cases, there's a lot of changes or there's change in all of the translations, but then the King James is the only one that's changed even more. So, for instance, um, let let me give you a couple of fill-in-the-blanks quizzes to give people an example. These are two King James passages, all right? First one's Matthew 7. Judge not, blanky be judged. Just fill it in from memory. What comes to mind? I think it's lest. So say the whole, yeah, say the whole thing. Judge not lest ye be judged. Okay. Now what, what just came out of your mouth will come out of the mouth of billions of people. Hmm. It's saint and sinner alike will quote that. Not millions or hundreds of millions, billions will Mm -hmm. say that. However, (laughs) in this timeline, in this reality, that passage has never existed in Hmm. any translation. It's not in the 1611 Cambridge Version. It's not in any of the five King James translation uh, updates. It's not in any of the other versions. It doesn't exist. King James says, judge not, that ye be not judged. Hmm. Now, the first response is, well, it's just a few words. No. No, that's, that's, uh, that's intellectual dishonesty. Because yeah. billions of people don't remember, judge not, that ye be not judged. So how did it get in all of our minds? Okay, now this is what you're, I'm told. From normally well-thinking people, like learned scholar Bible people, okay? Yeah. Well, John, they're just, conf- they're just confusing it with misquotes from pop culture. You've got some homespun sermon that's preached somewhere. And then it goes through the whole world like the telephone game. I'm telling you, this is what I'm being told by presidents of Bible schools and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, really? All right, let me give you another one. This is so familiar, and it's the same thing. Everybody will tell you the same thing. This is Job chapter 1. Job's wife's haranguing him, telling him, curse God and die. And he's like, the Lord blank, and the Lord blanks away. I'm not sure. The Lord is going to takes away pr- provide you with something, and then He's going to oh. do something. All right. So what is it? The Lord, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Right. In King James, it make it King James. The Lord giveth, giveth. Okay. And, and the, the Lord, Lord taketh, taketh away. away. It's been Has a long time ne- since I read that King James. I'll tell you that. No problem. But that one, <laughs> that one's pretty much in the lexicon of everybody's mind. It's in all the movies mm-hmm. and stuff. It's never existed. Hmm. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away, is what it says now. Mm. I'm sorry. But that's like my name changed. All right, now, there's so many of those. 
Uh, but let me give you a few that are like become really concerning. Like Leviticus 12.8 in the King James says you can sacrifice turtles to God. Uh, Leviticus um, 4.32 says if he brings a lamb as his sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish. So hmm. in, in your memory, did the Bible ever teach to sacrifice female sheep? No. No, but that's in your Bible. All right, how about this one? You remember when Jesus made mud with his spit and then healed the blind man? Mm -hmm. Do you ever remember him spitting directly in somebody's face to heal them? No. Well, me neither. And neither has 10 pastors that I asked that. Uh, however, in all the versions in Mark 8.23, it says this, And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught, which is also really twisted. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sitting with a pastor. I'm like, you ever hear that? No. Oh, so, all right. So how is it possible? You, you went to Bible college. You've been mm -hmm. in the ministry 40 years. Long and time. What you're telling me is this right now is the first time that it's ever come to your attention that Jesus spit right in a guy's face to heal him? Yes. <laughs> How is that possible? To me, that's it doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's it's either been a radical shift or people haven't been paying attention at all. <laughs> and they've just been regurgitating what everybody's saying around them. But that doesn't, like you said before, doesn't make any sense. There has to have been something that has echoed or reverberated out throughout all things because it's it's not just changes in the Bible, it's changes in everything. There is a yes. an apparent need, whatever that need is, there is an apparent need for a time shift. And what that always leads me to is why, okay? If you're telling me that this happened, which I believe you, by the way, uh, <laughs> If you're telling me that this happened, what most people would say is why? Why would there be this time shift if it was done on purpose? Yeah, we've we've explored that topic. And if you first of all are coming from a biblical worldview, which both of us are, hmm. then you believe now God said in Amos 8 that he would send the famine, but in many cases, like with Job, we, we see a perfect example. God gave Job permission, and then mm. Job was the vehicle to bring the, you know, the judgment. It wasn't really judgment. You know, God used Job to you know, teach everybody for all generations. But anyway, it's not God doing it. It's God allowing yeah. it, and it's the devil doing it. Mm. And All right, so, so what happens is, you have to think about what the devil, the lengths that he's gone to, to try to defeat God. Because in mm. Isaiah 14, he said, I will ascend to the hills of the north. I will be like the Most High. So that's his agenda. And so he's going to use the alien deception. He's going to use all these exotic technologies to try to overthrow God. And so, you know, if you can f fiddle with time, you mm. could go back before the crucifixion and stop it or... You know, you could uh, do all kinds of wigged out things that we can't even imagine. And so, mm. why, I think, is just part of his plan to overthrow God, which, of course, will fail because 
Jesus is king. That's right. Jesus is king. It's so interesting to me how, you know, these reverberations throughout time, um, people don't even really think about what time is as a construct, you know, and right. how how it binds us to where we are and what we are. You know, a lot of people have a hard time thinking outside of the box if they've never done it, if they've never really worked that muscle too hard. <laughs> I, I think there are some people that are just, I'd rather just go out and swing a hammer, which is good. We need those people. But for yeah. those people that are, are willing to do the work and to sit down and dig in, you're going to find that that there's a lot of questions to be asked and there's a path that we need to be going down. There's a direction that we need to be going down and we need to be paying attention. We don't get to just, we don't get to just lollygag through life and hope for the best. Right. You know, we have to, we have to focus our minds and our attention and we have to ask ourselves these hard questions. What is time? Who am I? You know, what is life and why does jesus bring it up in the bible so much why does he say that he is life why does he say that he is the word you know like what is the word all of these really hard questions that i feel like and, and it's not pastor's fault in some ways and it is in other ways i think some pastors are just super distracted with all of the ministry and all of the yeah. people and the because if you remember, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. If you can separate the spiritual work from the work of the people, then you have a healthy church where, and that's exactly what Moses did is they separated the work, the stuff that needed to get done. And then they did it again in Acts, <laughs> separate the stuff that needs to get done yeah. with the people and then have these people doing the spiritual work. And I think with churches, how they've become now is you have the, the one that's expected to do the spiritual work also expected to do the people managing and it's become a business of sorts. And so they lose out on the spiritual benefits of a pastor that is steeped in the Holy Spirit. And I yep. think that's the ultimate downfall of our churches is we have to get our pastors back into the Holy Spirit so that we can so they can be grounded again into into the spirit of God so that they can again lead. But those that have chosen to lead, they should watch out because you shouldn't ask to be teachers unless you're ready for that type of commitment. I think it was Peter said, let there be not many teachers for they shall have the stricter judgment. Mm -hmm. and you mentioned what is the word. That's a really important thing that we discovered <clears throat> because we've come up against a lot of really um, irrational type of resistance from church leaders and believers regarding the suggestion that the Bible is subject to this external attack. Um, but that is based almost exclusively on a mishandling of the handful of scriptures that seem to teach that the Bible couldn't change. Mm. Passages like Psalms 119, 89, uh, thy word is forever settled in heaven. Or Psalms 12, where it talks about your word is purified like seven times in the fire, and you will preserve them, you know, O Lord. Well, if you go to the commentaries, that's Psalms 12, verse 7, I believe. The Half of the commentaries disagree with you because they're saying it's not talking about the verse right before it. It's talking about verse 1 the godly man, mm -hmm. okay? Now, the other 
The other half of the, of the commentaries are saying, yeah, it may be this passage before it where it's talking about that he'll preserve the word. But then that doesn't mean that the Bible or the scriptures couldn't be changed because Psalms 119.89 actually supports our position. Our position is that the word is forever settled in heaven. It's preserved in heaven. It's not preserved on the pages of the terrestrial book. Right. So, so when you go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, this is where you can know easily that what, what we're saying is true. And the church has been sloppy with its doctrine. This, I know this is a topic that has never really been considered very much. Mm. Is there a difference between the term Scripture and the terms Word of God? <laughs> we're conflating them to mean the same thing. Mm. So all you have to do is go to the Gospel of John. I'll do it by memory, okay? I don't mm. have it in front of me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? The Word, I'm not going to do it by memory. I want to do this because yeah. this, this will absolutely clear this up for you because this is a really hard pill to swallow. It makes you think that God's a liar, but he's not a liar because the Bible doesn't teach that it couldn't change. Therefore, yeah. he's not a liar. All right, John. This one. is good that we're going over this because I was just thinking about this the other day. How the you know this whole teaching doesn't really happen in the churches, and how we need to get this message out. And I was thinking about that in my prayer time with God, and here it is. Here we go. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All there right, so go. listen. This is going to really set you free on being able to accept this from a biblical perspective. I'm giving you biblical permission to open your mind to the obvious, all right? So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now, if Scripture and the Word are the same thing, you would think that the words would be interchangeable, right? Mm. I can just go in and put Scripture where it says Word. So let's mm. try that. In the beginning was the Scripture, and the Scripture and the scripture was with God, and the scripture was God. Hmm. Now, does that bear witness with you? No. It gets worse, though. Listen to this. <laughs> the scripture was with God in the beginning. Through the scripture, all things were made, and without the scripture, was made. nothing was made that was made. There's no way. There's no way. It just it's doesn't work. It's sloppy doctrine. Yeah. So the Bible and the Scripture and the Word are all three different things. The Bible is where the Scriptures are compiled. It's a book that contains the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the writings that were given by God. Yes, First Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God, but that's another mistranslation, that it's, it's every Scripture that is inspired by God is prophecy. Yes. That's a yes. totally different meaning. It really is. All right, so I forgot what I was going to say now. Sorry. No, you're good. All right, so if you if you just put a period on this, if you if you then understand that the the handful of scriptures, like even John, the one that says not one jot or tittle will pass away until the law is fulfilled. Well, Jesus says, "I came. I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it." Mm. Well, th then he came, right? Mm -hmm. So doesn't that then mean that it, the law was fulfilled? Yes. 
So then that passage then says, well, then the jot or tittle can pass away. Because one jot or tittle won't pass away until when? It's fulfilled. It's fulfilled. We're focusing on the fact that it won't pass away till heaven and earth passes away. And we say, well, Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened yet. Well, you're misinterpreting that. You got to look at it again. So this is very, uh, this is a reformation. Let me tell you Mm -hmm. the good news. Okay. The good news about this. The good news is that this is a redemptive judgment. And what God is doing is he's purifying his bride and he's showing us that we have fallen into idolatry mm. with the Bible where mm-hmm. we, have, we have exchanged a personal relationship with God for head knowledge. The exact mm. same thing the, the Pharisees did. They were very devout. They were super devoted, learned, mm-hmm. you know, tithing. They, they had all their ducks in a row. But they had a, you can't know God with your head. <laughs> no, you can't. No. He, he confounds the wise. That's what the yes. Bible says all throughout. All yes. throughout the Bible, it's saying that you can't get wiser than God. You can't outwise mm-hmm. God. Even Solomon couldn't outwise God because at the end of his book in Ecclesiastes, he said, this is, there's nothing, there's nothing else to know except for the fear of the Lord. There's right. nothing else to know. It's the fear of the Lord. Just do what he tells you to do. And who, mm. is, who is he that is telling you what to do? It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus living inside of you. And if yes. you just allow that to happen, then you can follow him down this path that he wants you to go down. And some right. people are so resistant to that because they're like, well, maybe I don't want to go down that path. And you're like, why wouldn't you want to go down a path that Jesus Christ himself the person that came and died and bled and and gave everything for you, why wouldn't you want to go down his path? You don't think that he's got a good path lined out, well, lined out for you? I mean, if Jesus was a foul-mouthed whoremonger, uh, men would close with him. Hmm. But, but the Savior actually is also holy, and you have to sell everything that you have and get to get the pearl of great price. So That's salvation right. is free, but it just costs you everything. <laughs> You've got to give up your bosom sins, okay? Yes. You have to stop masturbating, and you have to stop lying, and mm-hmm. you have to stop having unforgiveness towards your mother. Or let's say you're a female, and your father raped you when you were 13, and you mm-hmm. hate him. You can't mm-hmm. hate him. Is don't negotiating on unforgiveness, okay? Yeah, Jesus said, no if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, neither will God forgive you. Hmm. So this is a tough walk. And so what ends up being a lot easier is exchanging the dealings of God with another Bible study. And the, hmm. and the mindset is, well, God knows I'm in the game, but I'm doing <laughs> this over here. I gotta, I gotta, I'm living with somebody. Yeah. Or I'm gay. Or... Hmm. You know, I lie, or I have a foul mouth, or mm. I'm—I'm—I know I got a monkey on my back. I'm drinking all the time, okay? Mm. And you know it's displeasing to God, and He's dealing with you about it. But you've become hardened, and you aren't willing to give it up. You've stopped fighting. You, you're mm. making excuses for it, but you're going to church, and yes. you're and you're studying your Bible. Mm. Okay, that's no bueno. It's no bueno. 
And the, oh the, the hard thing about it is people don't understand the whole idea of God allowing us to, to our hearts to be hardened, allowing us to harden our own hearts and for them to stay hardened if yeah. that's what we choose. And people have a hard time with that in the Bible, that why would God harden my heart or why would he harden Pharaoh's heart or Ooh. those type of things? And I think the idea is, is you've walked yourself into that. I think there's a time when God says there's going to be judgment and it is going to happen. And I think people think that that's the only judgment is in the end, at mm. the far end. But there's been multiple judgments over time, multiple judgments yeah. from God. And it comes by way of water, by way of army, by way of siege, like all of the destruction of the temple, all of that stuff. If you believe in the God yeah. that we believe in, he's allowed all of that to happen. And it was by his hand that he sent the armies. He's allowed the stuff to happen to Job. He allowed the stuff to happen to the armies. He allowed all that. But the people that were following him, they flourished like King yep. David. They were doing everything right. Everything was follow Jesus, follow the line. That's what we're trying to explain to people. Mm -hmm. And I think this time is very important for us because. I feel like God is allowing us right now to wake up, like you were saying previously, to to the fact that we are on the wrong path, that we have yeah. made these mistakes, that we have stumbled, we've fallen into the ditch, we've we've believed that you know the medical lies, we've believed the lies about space, we've believed the lies about aliens, we've believed the lies about all these things, but now we're willing to make a choice. Because that choice is coming. And I think now that people know what they know, they're a lot yeah. more willing to accept this God. They're a lot more willing to accept the things that you and I are saying today because we're bringing the world and the Bible and, and God and all of that back together where it mm -hmm. belongs. We've had right. this separation of church and state for so long. And that's the problem, right? The problem when you mm -hmm. separate church and state is you get what we have now. We need to put those things get back together right. because God is over everything. How do you have a state without Jesus? It's like that old joke where the guy says, I can clone... I can clone uh, this guy and I can clone this guy. God, all I got to do is take this dirt and use this and blah, blah, blah. And he shows God the process. And God's like, well, you're pretty cool, but where'd you get that dirt? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Nothing is not God's. God yep. created it all. And so yep. when, we, when we think that we're going to run away from him, <laughs> please, no. we need to all get on the same page. Well, this has been fun, man. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know that you've got things to do. And uh, I'm so encouraged uh, to have these type of conversations with other people who sure, are willing man. to get outside the box. This has been such a wonderful talk. Um, plug yourself. Tell, tell yeah. the people where they can find you. Plug your book, all those things. Nice. Yeah, the book is called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. It's on mm -hmm. Amazon. And there's an audio version and a paperback. And uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can also go to my website, which is wakeuporelse.com mm. uh, um, and see, get the book there. And then my channel's uh, Wake Up or Else on YouTube. And uh, we do live streams and we talk about pretty much exclusively. I mean, we, could, we talk flat earth. We talk about everything. But pretty much we're, we're speaking about 
the fact that the Bible's changing and the church is is 99% either doesn't know or doesn't want to know. And uh, I'm gearing up. I got a fundraising plan. It's all all laid out to raise about $400,000 and then take the entire message or take the message to the entire body of Christ. So we're going to contact denominations, Bible colleges, Bible publishing houses, and the Christian media, and you know have like about a twenty thousand dollar a month budget for mm-hmm. full page ads. And I have I have uh, people like Dr. Paul Grafton Holt. He has four theological degrees. He's written twelve books, eleven of which are academic theological books that are used in Bible colleges, and and he signed my affidavit testifying that the Bible's supernaturally changing. And he wrote a book. It's called The King James Bible and the Quantum Effect. So mm. I've got people at that level that are testifying that this is happening. Mm. And we're going to go tell the story because God told us to warn. That's all through the Bible. We're told yes. to warn. That's what we're going to do. Yep. I love that. This is such a great way to uh, to end it. But I want to also end with the hope of the fact that Paul says, continue to run the race. Each and every day, continue to run the race until the end, because you never know when he's going to come like a thief in the night. So continue yes. to run the race, continue to do what you're doing. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. And nice. I pray that all of you guys out there are going to continue to do what you're doing. Run the race. Tell everybody that Jesus is coming because we all know it's going to happen one of these days. So it doesn't matter if it's tomorrow or 10 years from now. Tell everybody Jesus is coming because yeah. it's going to happen. With that, I'm going to say thank you to my friend, John Kerwin. God, I I hope, bud, that we can get together again and do this because it was such a good time. It's so what? 